The idea of predicting your future. Wouldn't it be awesome if we could predict our own future? What's really interesting to me is that if we really think about it, we've come close a few times. We've come close a few times to predicting your future. And the way I know that is, is we use a phrase, and I'm going to show you the phrase in a minute, but we've used this phrase. Sometimes we've said it to ourselves. Maybe we've muttered it you know, under our voice and no one was around. We kind of said it out loud. But we've used this phrase, or we've, we've muttered this phrase before that shows us how close we've come to predicting our future. And our fra- the phrase is this, I should have seen this coming. I, I should have seen this coming. I should have been able to predict my future. I should have been able to tell by the signs and, and tell how things were going. I, predict that things weren't the way they should be. I should have been able to predict that I was going to end up where I ended up. I should have seen this coming. We've come really close to predicting our own future. What's really interesting, not just about our future, is that we're actually really good at predicting other people's future, even if not our own. I know you've said this because I've said this as well. We say this a lot of times to other people. Maybe we say it directly if you're that kind of person. I know you've said it behind closed doors, but we've said this. You should have seen this coming. You should have seen it coming. I can't believe he broke up with me. Really? He's breaking up with you for like three years. Everybody knew. You should have seen this coming. I can't believe I went into this much debt. Really? You've been buying stuff on Amazon for 10 years on like 10 different credit cards. Of course you're going into debt. Like, Like you should. You should have seen this coming. We're really good, if not at predicting our own future, at least at predicting somebody else's future. We can tell by what's going on in relationships. We can tell by what's going on academically or professionally. We can tell by, by what's happening in their life financially, where they're headed. And sometimes we can see the road signs for them, and we try to point them out. And sometimes people will respond, well, what do I do to change this? What I find really interesting is that a lot of times, no matter how clear we make the case, no matter how much we show them, hey, you're headed to disaster. This is, this is going to be bad for you. Some people just kind of put blinders on and say, no, 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 you, you, you don't see, you don't know. Like, it's all going to work out in the end. Yeah, but he doesn't love you. Yeah, but, but I can change him. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but you're going to have to file bankruptcy. Yeah, but, but, but it's okay because look at the shoes I'm wearing. Like, like I, I can see the writing on the wall. I know where you're headed. Don't go that way. We just kind of put our blinders on and no. <clears throat> so let me ask another question. Why is it that we are so good at seeing what's happening in somebody else's life and they're so good at seeing what's happening in our life, but we're not? Well, why is it that we're so good at seeing the issues and seeing the road signs and seeing where somebody else's life is headed, but we can't do it for ourselves? It's because we put our blinders on and we begin to just see the life the way we want to see life regardless of where it might be headed. I've got some, some bad news for you and, and even some good news, but the bad news in particular. This is the kind of bad news that when I share this, um, if you're watching it at home online, you're going to be tempted to like close your laptop and push it away. If you're watching here, you're going to be tempted to get your coffee, get up and leave. Uh, don't leave. Like give me till the end of service before you walk out and write a nasty email. I'll, I'll take them all at the end. But for now, even though this is a little bit of bad news, we, we need to hear it because of where it's going to take us. And the bad news is this, <clears throat> is that when, when it comes to our life and our problems and, and maybe the decisions we've made that, that cause these kind of problems, that all of our personal problems, or at least most of them, they can't be fixed. Yeah, I didn't think I'd get any cheers there. <clears throat> I was kind of hoping secretly. So, woo! No. I mean, the truth is, most of our personal problems can't be fixed. They, they, they can't. Most of our problems, when we face an issue, we want an immediate solution, don't we? That the problem happened in our relationship. Something's wrong with our relationship with our kids. Something's wrong with, with, with my financial life. We want that immediate fix, that immediate solution. And this is how I know this. is because tomorrow around the world, 
hundreds if not thousands of people are going to go see a pastor or a counselor or a psychiatrist, and, and they're going to say, here's what's wrong with my marriage. Tell me what to do. Here's what's wrong with my kids. Tell me what to do. Here's what's wrong with my money and, and my finances. Tell me what to do. Just give me that immediate fix. Show me exactly what I have to do. But, but they, they can't be fixed. And, and any counselor, any pastor who, who's, who's worth their weight knows there's no immediate fix. There's no immediate solution. It's not out there, but that's, that's what we want. We want that, that immediate fix. Just, just show me what to do and let me keep going. Just, just fix it and let me move on with my life. We'll just pretend these things don't exist anymore. But, but that's not how life is. You see, what, what, we, what we really want is we want to pretend like things never happened. Right? We, we, want, we want to just kind of make a mistake and move on like things never happened. We want to, we want to be like a car. And, and, and I don't know if you know this this morning. If not, let me be the one to unveil this truth to you. You're not a car. You're not a car, you're not a microwave, you're not a computer, but, but what we want to do is, is we want to take these things that are broken, these, these things that have had things happen to them, and we just want to send it in to get fixed, and then we want to get it back like it's brand new. It's what we do with cars. If you've ever been in an accident on a highway or maybe you know, had a little fender bender with a deer, <clears throat> you send your car in to get repairs, and they take it out with a paint job, and I don't know if everyone's this way or just guys, but I, I know I'm this way. They bring the car, they're like, well, Mr. Ferrari, what do you think? And then I, you know, I, I get down low. And I start looking at the paint, and then I, I come over here, and I look, and I, and I have no clue what I'm looking for. Like, no idea at all. It's just, it's what you do to make sure. I want it to look like it never happened. That's all I care about. I don't know what's underneath. I just want it, I want it to be like, like it's brand new, like it never happened. That's how we fix cars. That's how we can fix computers. And a computer has memory, but you have memories. And you are way more complex than a computer. You're way more complex than a car. That's how God made you. In his image, with, with complexities, there is no immediate fix and a solution, but that's, that's what we hope for. We want that immediate fix. We want it to be like it never happened. But, but as we know, and as, as you've lived life and you've met people, that's not how it works. There is no immediate fix to our problems. But there's some good news. And the good news is this, is that most of your personal problems, although they, they can't be fixed, they can be avoided. And that's what we're going to talk about in this series is that, that there are ways to avoid the pitfalls. There are ways to avoid the problems in life, the things in life that add on more pressure and more guilt and more shame and more stress. <clears throat> there are ways to avoid these things. We've just got to see how, like, how to do it. And that's what we want to talk about. How do we avoid it? Because there are things in life we can't avoid. And those things already add so much pain and so much pressure and so much guilt. Why would we make that worse? Why would we add more on top of it? Let's avoid the things that can be avoided. And that's where we're going to go for the next few weeks. But, but, but there, there, there's something that's kind of at the heart of this series that we need to talk about before we jump in uh, to what Jesus says. And it, it's really around this one word principle. Well, <clears throat> there is a principle that we're going to talk about that is kind of like the baseline for this entire message. And the principle is called the principle of the path. Now, I didn't call it that. Way smarter men than me did. But, but I'm going to tell you in a few moments what the principle of the path is. But before we get to that, I want to talk about what a principle is, because I think it's important for us to understand what exactly a principle is and what a principle isn't. I think sometimes we go through life and we hope for immediate fixes. We hope that things can just change. We hope that certain things aren't applied to us because we don't want them to be applied to us. So we can just kind of make our own way. But when it comes to principles, that's not at all how it is. The first thing I want to tell you about a principle is this, is that a principle is not a rule you follow. A principle isn't a rule you follow. As a matter of fact, principles follow you whether you realize it or not. The second thing is this, is that, is that a principle is not something you choose to apply. A principle applies itself to you whether you like it or not. And, and, and here's the thing, when it applies itself to you, it's really sticky. 
And it sticks to you when it's hard to separate from. It's hard to get away from because it's a principle. It's not a rule. It's not something we can break. It's not something we can avoid. It's a principle. And the last thing, and here's where we're going to go today, is, is that a principle is not a law you can break. It's, it's not a law you can break. A principle, whether you realize it or not, whether you like it or not, it's with you. <clears throat> here's a great illustration of this. And perhaps you, you, you've heard of this guy before, maybe when you were in high school, a man named Archimedes. There's an Archimedes principle. <clears throat> and here, here's the thing. Whether you realize it or not, whether you know what this principle is or not, Anytime you interact with, with water, you're interacting with Archimedes' principle. Anytime you throw a stone or you get in a boat or you get on a float or you get on a cruise ship, anytime you interact with water in that way, you're interacting with Archimedes' principle. And what you might say on the, other, on the other side of this is, well, I don't know who Archimedes is. I don't know what his principles. I don't know if I want to be applied to that. I don't know if I want that applied to me. I don't even know who this guy is. Why should his thing apply to me? I'm not sure I like this. This doesn't seem fair. That's how we go through our life. <clears throat> but that's not how it works with principles. You see, principles apply themselves to you, whether you realize it or whether you like it or not. A principle can't be, <clears throat> it can't be uh, it, uh, created. A principle is just discovered. Our Archimedes principle, if you haven't guessed already, is the principle of buoyancy. And in the third century BC, get this, this was an amazing thought. <clears throat> it wasn't my own, again. In the third century BC, Archimedes introduced to the world the principle of buoyancy. He introduced to the world something that has been happening in the world since the beginning of the world. But it may have taken thousands and thousands and thousands of years for the first man to ever realize it, but it doesn't change the fact that for those thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it was still happening. It was still being applied. It was still there the whole time, regardless of whether or not somebody put terms to it in mathematical or scientific terms so that people could understand. It's a principle. And this is how principles worked. Principles are not created. Principles are discovered. Principles are experienced. And principles are explained. They are not invented. And this is the same truth that we have when it comes to the principle of the path. That when it comes to this idea of path, of course, of direction, that it's not something that can be created. It's not something that can be invented. It's something that we kind of discover and we can kind of explain. But as we explain it today, you're going to notice some really incredible things. You're going to notice that when it comes to the principle of the, of, of the path, that this has kind of been in our life and maybe even got you here and, and wound up here. And when you hear it explained, like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I've been doing that for years. That's exactly why I am the way I am. But when it comes to this idea of immediate fix, <clears throat> the, the, the fix is a path. The fix isn't a solution. But often that's what we want. When it comes to the idea of our life and our future and kind of knowing where we're going, we just want the solution. Just give me a quick fix and tell me where to, how to get there and, and, and I'm good. But oftentimes what needs to happen is, is there needs to be a path change. There needs to be a, a course change. There needs to be a directional change. And, and here's how, how we know that. Think about it when you get lost. When you get lost, what, what, what do we do? do? Do we stop and do we ask for a solution? Like, hey, I'm lost. And then we call the person's house we're headed to and it's like, hey, just give me the immediate fix. Give me a solution. No, no. What do we do? We stop and we ask for Directions. We need to know what direction we're headed in. What direction got us here and how do we get back on path? It's like, you know, you're using ways and ways takes you out in the middle of nowhere. And you're supposed to be in a business meeting in Bangor. It's like, how did I get here? You don't pick up ways and say, give me a solution. It's like, give me directions and you put in the address. Help me change the course. You can follow directions into a disaster. And then when we get into that disaster, into that mess, into that thing that kind of exploded in our life, we're like, well, give me a fix. Give me a solution. It's like, no, just change the course. And I couldn't find a, a, a better example of this than this quick video they're going to show, show you now.
See, sometimes you can even follow directions into a lake. <clears throat> What's interesting when we think about whether or not we get lost or we end up where we want to be is that we get to both of those places the same way. Let me say it this way. We get to where we should be the same way we get to where we shouldn't be, by following a path. And I know you don't like to hear that because we like to think, well, it was some kind of cosmic force got me to where I am. I didn't make a decision that made my life this way. Something else happened. The truth is, no matter how uncomfortable this might be for us, we get to where we are. No, go back. Sorry. We get to where we should be the same way we get to where we shouldn't be. Whether we end up being lost or we end up exactly where we want. You see, that, that's the thing about being lost. When you're lost, and, and I find this really interesting, when, when people are lost, they don't realize they're lost for a while. They, they followed a path and they followed a path and then they're really lost and they realize, oh, I'm lost. It's not like I've made one wrong turn and oh, I'm lost, I gotta go back, right? Like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm good here and then I've walked 30 yards and I'm lost. I come back here, I'm unlost, so I, I take 30 steps back, but if I take 30 steps forward, I'm lost again. That's, that's not how it works, even though that's how we want it to work, because that's an instant solution. Well, if I just back up 30 steps, but that's not how it works. We, we make decisions and we make decisions and we live our life on, on, on a path that gets us to a place, and then, and then we look up and we're like, I'm, I'm like seriously lost. I don't know where I am. What do I do? And, and we just want an instant fix, but what we, what we don't realize, and we all know people this way, is that they've been living their life in the wrong direction. They've been living their life, maybe with their head down, maybe with blinders on. Maybe someone even told them, hey, don't go this way. You're changing course. It's going to take you to disaster. You're like, no, 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 no. I, I, life's going to be fine. Just wait and see how it works. And they walk and they walk, and then they end up lost. They end up at a place they never intended to be. Maybe no one told them. Maybe you're here, and, and, and you feel that way. Maybe, just maybe, as we're talking about this, you feel like, that's exactly where I am not where I wanted to be. And I'm not really sure how I got here, but, but I know I need to change. What do I do? How, how, how do I get my life back to where I've always wanted it to be? You see, for years, we've just been living in the wrong direction. And it's not just you. So many of us do this. We, we, we make decisions and we make mistakes and we put on our blinders and, and we just follow our path, never considering where our path is taking us. You see, but if we want things to change, if we want to live the life we've always wanted to live, it's not a quick fix. It's not an instant solution. It's a change of direction. And when we change our direction, eventually things will change. It might take some time. It might not happen immediately. But eventually, over the course of time, things will begin to change. See, this is what I want to talk about this morning. Believe it or not, Jesus has a lot to say about this. I know you're kind of shocked. Like, Whoa, I'm at church? Jesus had something. Yeah. Jesus had a lot to say about this. And, and in particular, he actually talks about the principle of the path. He just wraps it up in, in a bunch of different words that are so much better than my words. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you his words line by line, and we're going to kind of talk it through. <clears throat> Jesus has made some incredible statements and incredible teachings in the Bible. If you, don't, if you don't have a Bible, you should get one. Find one of our volunteers. They'll make sure you get one. If you have a smartphone, download the YouVersion Bible app, and you have like 100 translations in the palm of your hand. It's amazing. But my, my guess is if you haven't seen a physical Bible in, the while, in a while, maybe the last time you've seen it was like, you know, you're at your grandmother's house and you have a cup of coffee and you, you go to put it down on the Bible. She's like, no, 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 don't put it on the Bible. Don't pick it up and read it, but don't put anything on top of it because it's just, that's what we do with our Bibles. <clears throat> in there, in this Bible, in, in, in this, this thing we call a book, are these incredible teachings and statements by Jesus. It's teachings and statements that have changed the course of history and lives, millions and billions of lives forever. 
And in particular, in this one passage, Jesus, he gets done teaching his most famous message in the Bible. They call it the Sermon on the Mount. And I believe this is the message that Jesus came to preach. He preached this same message dozens and dozens and dozens of times. It's like, you know, somebody always, they have their message. It's the thing they always go back and they talk about. Maybe it's politics. Maybe it's sports. It's like their thing. This was Jesus' thing. He taught this message over and over and over again. And maybe on this occasion, he gets up to teach and the disciples like, seriously, again? Just like, yeah, it's like, it's this. It's this all the time in every way, on every occasion. I'm going to keep talking about this. Because in this message, and you should read through it, it's like the essence of everything he came to do. It's the essence of turning the world upside down. It's the essence of changing the old into the new. It's like Jesus' life in one message. And he gets done teaching these incredible, these radical things, and he gets to the principle of the path. But he teaches the principle of the path in an illustration, in what we call a parable, in a story. And it's an incredible story. He wraps up this entire message, and I'll just go to his words. He gets done teaching this entire message. You have to imagine, if, if you would, you know, it's in the Middle East. They're on a countryside, like a hillside, and it's sunny and it's hot. We don't know that, but it's always sunny and hot on that side of the world. So it's sunny and it's hot, and people are listening. Before he wraps everything up, he gets done teaching this amazing message. He says this, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... Therefore, as in, hey, I've just got done teaching a lot and everything that I've talked about because you've heard these things. Therefore, here's what I want you to do. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. And when he's talking about putting them into practice, he's, he's saying, it's like you need to be a doer. You need to do something with it. It's not the people who hear the message and think, wow, Jesus, that was amazing. I'm never going to do it. But that was amazing. He's, that's not how I want you to live. And, and, and he's saying this because he knew that's what people would do. People would hear words on Sunday, they go to church, they feel beat up by the preacher, they go home and they don't do anything about it. They just continue to live life the same way. That, that's, if that's your religious experience, you, you go to church and you feel like the preacher, preacher beats you up and the more beat up you are, the closer you feel to God. That's really sadistic and that's not how your relationship with Jesus should be. You need to find a different church because my guess is you never really met Jesus. Because Jesus said, I didn't come to beat you up, I didn't come to condemn you, I came to save you. I came to give you life. I came to give you a great life. And if that's not how your experience with Jesus is, then you need a new one. And he said, here's what I want. I've taught all of these things, not so that you would hear them, not so that you would know them, but so that you would do them, so that you would put them into, into practice. And when you put these things into practice, he says this, this person who puts them into practice will experience immediate relief relationally, financially, along with all of the other alis, uh, like anything, domestically, maritally, whatever it might be. If you put these things into practice, everything is just going to immediately work out. To which, of course, we know, of course, Jesus didn't say that. Like, that's not Jesus' words. And I'm going to give you a little secret. Anytime you see the JCV version pop up, it's fake. It's imaginary. That's why it's JCV. It's the Journey Church version. I use it as like, don't quote this stuff outside of here because you'll, you'll look like an idiot. This is all made up. I made this up. But this is what we think. But if I just follow Jesus and put it into practice, everything's going to work out for me. My life, my relationships, my finances, it's like it never happened. That's not what Jesus said. Or maybe he said this, that anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice will discover the fix to all of life's problems. It's the silver bullet. You use this and you're done. It's good. Problems go away like they never happened. No. Jesus said this, that anyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Not necessarily a smart man, although he might be smart. Not an educated man, although he might be educated. Not a resource man, although he might be resourced. A wise man. And what is a wise man? What's a wise man or a wise woman? 
And you've heard me talk about this before. It's somebody who lives as if all of life is connected. It's somebody who lives as if my past isn't just my past and it stays as if my past kind of directs my present and my present <clears throat> directs my future and it all kind of works together and plays together. They're all tied together. That life isn't like individual silos, but life is all connected. The dots are all connected and they all work together. And that if I can look at my past, I can see the direction my present is heading in. I know where my future is going and I can make some course corrections today. <clears throat> it's like a wise man. A wise man who knows that all of life is connected. A wise man, he goes on, who built. And this idea of built is really this idea that it's going to take time, that you need some patience, that it's going to take some hard work, that it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, that there's this delayed self-gratification, that this process of listening to Jesus' words and putting them into practice, it's going to take time to see the result. It's like when you walk by a construction site and, and you walk by and, and they're building and they're building, but it looks like nothing's happening because it's taking a lot of time. Really, a lot's happening. They're just building it right and making it strong on a solid foundation. They're building it and it's going to take time. This wise man who hears these words and puts them into practice, who built his house. And when he's talking about house, he's talking about your life. He's talking about your dreams. He's talking about your aspirations. He's talking about your professional career. He's talking about your relationship with your kids and your marriage. The life that you want built, your life, whatever it might be, however you would kind of categorize or put your life in quotes, here's what my life is. He said, that's what it is. A wise man builds his life on these words. And he takes these words and he listens and he hears and he does them. It's like a man who builds his life and then he says something we don't always understand, especially in this culture. He says, on a rock. And we're thinking, we don't build houses on rock. We build houses on a foundation. We dig up the rocks and we put in you know, good footers and foundations and walls. Like That's not how, how we build houses. But his first century audience who heard this, they knew exactly what he's talking about. They think, oh, so he did it the hard way. So, so, so this represents the hard way, the expensive way, the long way, the, the, the way that's going to take more energy and more sweat and more tears and more time. This is the guy who didn't cut corners. He did it the hard way. Jesus saying that's exactly how it can be in your life. That you can hear these words and you can do them and you can practice them and it might take a while and it might seem hard, but ultimately you get the life you've wanted. You head in the direction you've always wanted to head in. And then Jesus flips the story around and he introduces another character. He said, but let's take, let's take the other guy, the guy who doesn't listen to my words. He says this, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. And what's a foolish man? A foolish man is a guy who lives as if nothing is connected, right? Now is now and later is later. And I can do whatever I want now and the results won't affect me later. I can do whatever I want here and I don't have to worry about those kind of things later on. That's how a foolish man lives. As if none of life is connected. My past is my past and it stays there. My future is for future me to worry about. This is all now. Now is now. Later I'll deal with later. Future man, the, the foolish man rather, he lives as if nothing could go wrong. And then someone comes into his life and says, but, but, but well, what about this? What about this relationship? It seems like, it's, like it's, it's going bad. It seems like something bad might happen. No, 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 no. Nothing bad's going to happen. Nothing's connected. It's all right. It's all going to work out. <clears throat> but, but what about the, the, these finances? It looks like you're spending too much and you're going into debt and you might have to, no, no, no. It's all going to work out in the end. But, but here's the thing. If it doesn't work out, think of me like, <clears throat> like, um, like a piece of electronics. 
Think of me like I'm a piece of electronics. And here's what happens. Nothing's going to go bad because nothing's connected and now and now is later is later. But say something did go bad later. Here's what I want you to do. If something were to go bad, if some relationship was to spiral out of control, if I was to go into major debt, if my marriage was to fall apart, here's what I want you to do. Just unplug me, wait for 10 seconds, and then plug me back in. And I'm going to reboot. And it's all going to be fine. It's my fresh start. That's what a foolish man thinks. A foolish man literally thinks this. <clears throat> they, they think... <clears throat> I'll just get another one. I'll just get another marriage. But your kids, they're just out of control. I'll just get new kids. But you're, you're going to have to f- declare bankruptcy. Yeah, I'll declare bankruptcy. So what? But, but you've blown up your career. I'll just get a new career. And they live as if nothing is connected and nothing can bother them. And I don't get this, but I've heard this a lot, especially living on the East Coast all my life, as I'm sure you have. People somehow, they tell themselves, I've got to, I've got to go out West and I've got to go find myself. <clears throat> right? Like somehow if I go out West, I'll find the thing that I've always wanted because nothing here is working and I just need, I need this kind of fresh thing over here. And it's like, that's not, that's not how, how it works. That's living as if nothing's connected. That's living as if all the decisions and all the things you've done up to this point don't count and don't matter and you can kind of escape them. And if you're watching this from out west and you find a bunch of disembodied people, send them back here because it would save people a lot of time and money and heartache. And I, I don't know what you say when you're out west. You say, like, I got to go back east and find myself. I'm not, I don't know how that works. But this is how the foolish man lives. They live and they live and they make decisions and, and, and disasters and then they just move on as if nothing's connected. And Jesus said, for that kind of person, for that person who lives as if, as if all of life is connected, he builds his house on the sand. And again, we think, you wouldn't do that. That's stupid. And his audience is thinking the same thing. Oh, this guy's an idiot. This, this, this guy, disaster awaits him. You don't build your house on the sand. That's the easy way. Wind's going to come, and the sands are going to shift, and the walls are going to fall, and, and, and it's just going to be a disaster. The foolish man lives as if weather today is going to be the same weather tomorrow and the day after and the day after that. To which I say, come to Maine, because it's not that way at all. And sure enough, it wasn't this way in the story. The weather changed. Maybe two, three, four days later, we don't know. Jesus said the weather changed. The rains came down and the floods came up. You know the song. <clears throat> I, told, I, I told myself, like, I'm not going to sing this, but you can't, I think Jesus sang this when he got to this part. <laughs> <laughs> looked at his crowd. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew when they beat against the house. And it fell with a great crash. Because this is what happens to people who hear the words and feel like nothing applies and nothing connects. And, and, and I just need the instant solution. I just need the instant fix. I don't have to worry about my life. And their life comes tumbling down around them. And we've all known people who have lived that way. We've all known people who have seen their lives just spiral out of control and implode, or maybe worse, explode, and cause damage to so many other people around them. But then Jesus goes back to the first character. He said, here's the thing. With the guy who built his house on the rock, the weather changed, just like it did for this guy. When the weather came, when the rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew against the first guy's house, the guy who built it on a rock, what does he say? It did not fall. Because this guy was lucky. Now we know, again, there's the cheat code. Jesus didn't say it. 
But that's how we feel, isn't it? Oh, you're so blessed. God must love you so much because everything in your life seems to go your way. It's like you knew where you wanted to go and you got there because clearly God favors you more than he favors me. God loves you more than he loves me. God has blessed you and God just doesn't appear to love me or bless me that much. Clearly, that's what it is. There's some kind of divine cosmic blessing on your life that has allowed you to get there. Clearly, it has nothing to do with the decisions you've made and the, the, the path you walked. I mean, we don't like it, but that's how we feel. We look at people that, that have the life they've wanted and we think, oh, well, you're just so lucky. You're just so blessed as if it had nothing to do with how they've lived their life and the decisions they made. See, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said it didn't fall because its foundation was on the rock. The rock was doing what it had always intended to do. It had done exactly what Jesus had asked them to do, and it's doing what Jesus has asked us to do. Then it gets to this last verse, and this last part of the verse I absolutely love. It's my favorite verse in actually this little parable, and it might not be for you. I'm a little geeky, and I love it, but... I get to talk, so I'm going to show it to you anyway. It wraps up this way. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he had taught with one who had authority. Not, not like the other teachers. It, it's, like, it's like his audience was saying, finally, finally, somebody is explaining the truth. Somebody's explaining the Bible. Somebody's explaining the stories in ways that I can understand and in ways that I can live. It's like you put handles on the Bible. I can feel it. I can live it. I can apply it. I can change the course and the direction of my life. Finally, somebody explained it to me. Not like the other teachers of the law did, but Jesus explained it and he explained it in a way that I can live it. See, for, for so many of us, <clears throat> we, we live our lives as if our decisions don't matter, as, as, if, as if life isn't connected, as if we can just head in this direction and as soon as we get somewhere we don't like, it's just an instant fix and we move on. But as, as you grow and as you make these decisions and as, as you run into these circumstances, we quickly realize that's not the way life works. That's not the way the world works. <clears throat> and Jesus knew that. You see, the, the truth is, when we end up in, 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 in these times in life where we're lost and we're not where we wanted to be, we're not where we intended to be, we can't wish our way out. We can't talk our way out, even though we try. We can't pray our way out, and you don't want to hear that. Why should be able to pray and anything can happen? You say, no, in, in this instance, it doesn't, it's not the quick fix. It's not the instant solution. You can't pray your way back in time to the relationship that you missed. You can't pray your way back in time to the marriage that fell apart because you neglected it. You can't pray your way back in time to the beginning of your career so you can make different choices to get where you ultimately want to be. You see, we make a mess and we make a disaster. And Jesus saying, you can't talk your way out. <clears throat> you can't pray your way out. But you can follow me out. The principle of the path is simply this. Direction determines destination. Your direction determines your destination. Do you want to know what your future looks like? Look at where you've been in the past and look at what you're doing now. And that'll show you where you're headed. And if it's headed for disaster, if it's headed in a direction you ultimately don't want to go, don't sit down and pray about it. Don't just hope for a quick fix. Change direction. How do we get unlost? We change direction. Jesus is saying it's the same thing. 
God wanted you to know that this is how life worked. He wanted you to know that this is the way it worked. That's why he built the world this way, to make it predictable. So you knew, here's what I have to do to change the course of my life. There's predictability in this. If I look behind me and see where I've been, and I look at what I'm doing now, I have a good idea where I'm headed. If you don't like it, change what you're doing. And he said, if you wind up in a mess, you can't get yourself out. He said, here's what you need to do. You need to follow me out. And that's the same invitation he gave his first century audience. It's the same invitation we give. It's one word, and it's not fix. It's not believe. It's not change. It's follow. The only way you get out of the mess you've made is to follow me out. And it might take time, but it will eventually change. That's why you hear us say all the time that following Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. It will eventually change. It's not that immediate fix. I followed him and everything's great and daisies and roses and my bills are paid. Like, yeah, everybody would follow Jesus if that's the way it went. No, 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 it's, it's eventual. Eventually you begin to see your life change because you're making better decisions. You're being better at life. You've learned to value people and relationships and the things that matter to God. And when you do that, your life begins to change and go in a different direction. Have you ever seen a car accident? I'll close with this. Have you ever witnessed a car accident? It's a horrific thing. I remember being young and witnessing a car accident and, and immediately seeing it, I had this, this horrible thought. And the horrible thought wasn't this. And if this is your thought, you need to come back more often because this needs to change. The thought wasn't, should have seen it coming. They should have seen it coming. They should have observed traffic laws. They, they should have seen it coming. No, my heart is like, oh God, I hope they're alive. I hope they're okay. I hope they're not seriously injured. I hope nobody's life was taken. Every time we drive by an accident, it's our family practice. We don't point and laugh. They should have seen it coming. We pray, God, please help them be okay. It's the same exact way from your heavenly father who's looking down at your life and the courses and the paths that we're taking. And he's not sitting back laughing. Should have seen it coming. I gave him all the signs. I told him how to do it. God's pleading, please don't. I hope you're okay. Please, I've given you a way out. I've told you how to do this. Follow my son out. That's why I sent him. I sent him to this world to be your direction so that you could follow him out of the mess you've made into the life you've always wanted. You want to know how to predict your future? Know where you've been. See where you are. And it'll show you where you're going. And if you don't like it, Change direction. The principle of the path. Direction determines your destination every single time. Next week, I want you to come back. We're going to talk about how we live that out and make decisions that will get us in the direction of the life we've always wanted. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this, God, this incredible principle. And I, and I know it can be hard. We, it's like, God, I, I don't want it to be that way. I want to be able to do what I want. But that's not the way life works. Life is connected. I pray, God, that you'd give us the wisdom to be like that wise man, to know what to do with what we've just heard. God, and the courage to apply it to our lives and begin to make changes, not to stick around and wait for that instant fix, but God, to change our direction, to go after you, to follow Jesus out of the mess that we've made. I pray for every person here, God, I pray that you'd be with them and as they begin to make those changes, that they would begin to see, God, their life improve and that they would head towards the thing they've always wanted. In Jesus' name.